Ben start with a nice word from Pastor Vayiru. A bekannte word from Chaim Velazhene. The world felt that when they came to ask him to sign the Chayim against Chassidim, and he he was resisting. I said, "What do you mean, your Rebbe? The Guru, the Vilna Guru, and he signed already. And yeah, Vilna Guru is a Malach, and if he signed, then you also have to." So Chaim Velazhene famously said that we find by the Master Akaida that when when Hashem told Avram Avini to to shech his son Yitzchak Avini. That was something that Hashem told him himself. Hashem told him, go shech the child. No? Hashem said, he had to do it. When Hashem was telling him not to do it anymore, that's when he sent him a malach. And he told him, why in the beginning it was Hashem alone talking to him and now he sent a malach? He said to tell Avram Avini not to shech the son, not to shech someone, that's not for a malach. To shech someone? That you need Hashem alone to tell you. You know, to sign a chayrim against someone, to hurt someone, or, or do something bad to someone, you know, that's not enough to hear it from a malach, but have to hear it from Hashem himself. And, you know, so often, signing a chayrim, obviously not killing anyone, but uh, it's obviously something very damaging, and very hurtful, and so often we don't realize how easy it is to hurt someone. Um, just to use lushen apusek, a chayim v'amuv is biyad lushen. You can literally kill someone with a negative comment, or with something that's hurtful, or things like that, and people don't realize it. And if you're not hearing it directly from Hashem, that the right thing to do is to hurt your spouse or your friend or your sibling or whatever it is, then it's definitely something to be to be very careful with, very, very careful with. You know, people have all good intentions and people could justify what they're doing. I don't think there's a better justification than saying that a malach came from Shemaim and told me to do that, uh, but that's what the Torah is teaching us not to do. So I'm going to read a letter. It's not it's not the typical um, situation that we deal with on this platform, but, but uh, there's definitely what to learn from it. Maybe I'll try to be a bit brief. So a bit, it's a longer letter. Dear by Gruen, after the wonderful things I've been hearing about you, I would love to explain to you a very painful experience that happened to me recently. I'll greatly appreciate it if you could talk about this or write to me or give me some chizik or advice. It's been two months since this happened. I thought time would heal things, but unfortunately I keep thinking about it on a daily basis and feel pretty traumatized and abused. I feel extremely pained about it. Okay, this is going back quite a few months by now. I'd appreciate if you could read my story and if you can help me in any way. I was speaking to one of my friends, let's call friend C, who mentioned to me about friend A that she thinks that friend A might, etc. Let me just leave out the example, which might be obvious, but it's not the point. That night I was speaking to friend B, who's friendly with friend A, and asked her if it's true. Later I found out that friend B met with friend A at a wedding and said that I said that it is true instead of asking if I said it's true. Anyway, next morning I wake up and I see a message from this friend that said I heard some exciting news. So I wrote back, what's the news? And she wrote, congratulations, I understand that something about you. Anyway, that which friend, that, would, that, that which the letter writer was asking about that friend, that friend now said about this letter writer. Okay. So first I was extremely excused and a few minutes, uh, confused, and then a few minutes later I realized that somebody must have repeated something in my name, and it was repeated wrong. The comment was like an arrow in my heart, especially because I'm dealing with certain difficulties. Okay. The conversation went back, back and forth. Um, I won't repeat the whole conversation as it's very long, but she was very upset that she was approached at a wedding, um, that somebody said something in my name, which wasn't true. Um, I happen not to think it's so terrible what happened. Anyway, she wrote back awfully and with such abuse. I was literally so pained and felt so, so abused by the most horrible way she spoke to me. I tried calling her, as I know these conversations should not happen over chat or hangouts. Uh, She didn't answer me. I tried a couple of times and texted her to call, but to no avail. No answer. I decided to leave her a message on the phone explaining to her what I did say and why she shouldn't be upset at me. I said that I'm not judging her for being upset, but she shouldn't, but she shouldn't either, and I feel there's no way that I should be spoken to like that. 
And I called and confirmed that what I said wasn't wrong, etc. With the other friend. After the message I left, she writes, Hey, thanks for your message. I have no patience chewing over this endlessly, so time it's time to move on. If it's a sorry that you want to hear for some odd reason, then sorry it is. But just to put things into perspective, what I was really tempted to do was to return the favor of what I felt you did to me and spread around about you what you said about me. So you can breathe a sigh of relief that it was only this attack. Okay, so she was basically saying that she was right for doing what she did. I was shocked by this comment. It really hurt me. I wrote back to that I think I deserve a big apology. In fact, and she wrote, sorry, that was the end of our conversation. We had no contact since um, those two days of our conversations. I was not myself at all. I was in such pain. I cried a lot and stayed in bed. I was depressed. My husband came home to no lunch, was supper prepared for him, but a wife in tears. I canceled my work and appointments and whatever else. Little did that friend know how much I was suffering and the people around me as well as a result of it, which is really not like me. Okay. I'm not going to go into all the, all, you know, the whole description over here, but it says, why would she do this to me? Could it just be that she's jealous? After this happened, it caused me a lot of pain. I felt so lost. I need help in how to deal with this pain. Do I approach her? Do I not? Should I avoid her? I'm afraid that I'm going to bump into her. It's in my mind the entire time. I don't know what to do about it. I'd really appreciate it if you can get back to me and help me with this. Okay. So let me, let me just try to address it like this. We usually... Uh, for those who follow my classes, know that I usually address uh, questions and situations about Shalom Bayes and Chinuch. And this is not uh, necessarily exactly that. I'm not going to pick on the fact that your husband didn't have lunch and supper those few days. Um, but it's a relationship question. So automatically it's, 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 it's already you know, somewhat related. Um, but it's important, it's important to, to talk about such a thing in general. I think even just reading such a letter is eye-opening, even though I left out some of the details and maybe in an article it would look a little better. Um, but there's, there's a lot of lessons to be learned just from hearing a story like this. Right? Just to recap, friend A said something um, with no bad intention, friend B. Friend B repeated it wrong to friend C. Now friend C is attacking friend A, and friend A is getting all, all angry and things like that. So I just, just to go on, just to very briefly point out what I think is obvious, what we learn from hearing such a story, and all the hurt feelings and all the pain it caused, is first of all the choymer of Rechilis, repeating something in someone's name, especially incorrectly, uh, which caused the problem. You know, sometimes we don't realize what it will cause, and, and you just have to be very careful with that. You know, not, not to say, not a question. Uh, point number two, being done like right? It's, it's apparent that when somebody... Um, when that friend heard something repeated, they right away jumped to conclusions that that's what must have been said and, and acted upon it. Okay, so that's where the Dalakav comes in. You could hear something and think that you know what happened and really you're obviously mistaken. There's the third point of Nakoma. Even if you are right that somebody said something bad about you and hurt your feelings, the fact that you're going to go attack them back um, and then justify that I could have done worse and I wanted to do worse and I only did that, obviously uh, very wrong. And like we started off with, Achayim, I'm always beyond illusion. You know, the Gemurah says, Uzo simka you, know, you, could, you could kill someone with a bad comment when, they, when they're ashamed or they're hurt, and, and, and that's, that's, it's, it's not uh, simple. Whether it is barabim or not, you know, causing someone pain like that, it could, be, it could be just a small word that you say. You know, somebody wants a biyad halushin, what's the biyad? It should say, tuli yeah, balushin, but the biyad today with the text messaging and the typing, you, know, you can have biyad um, as well. And I think another lesson to be learned is that the one who hurt you, right, the one who hurt you, didn't mean it either. I'm not judging that person 
and saying, wow, they must be such vicious and malicious people or person, and, and they meant to hurt you. They didn't. They, they were trying to you know, get back at you, um, whatever it is. They'll probably claim that they didn't mean to cause this amount of pain. But that's the point. By the time you say something and do something to someone, it doesn't matter anymore what you had in mind, and all these things could, you know, could hurt a lot more than you intended. Once you once you say something, you're not babus about it. You don't know you don't know where it's being taken or what's going to be, or what's going to be done with that. Um, another thing is that when somebody hurts you like this, right, the one who's writing this letter and got hurt, uh, you know, it, it's always important to learn from it from every experience. When somebody hurts you, it's important to learn from that what not to do to someone else, first of all. It's of course important to be mechazik. You're a minna and remember that if not that Hashem orchestrated this, it would not have happened that way. The fact that you said something well-meaning and it was repeated wrong, and then somebody else did something wrong and that hurt you so badly, that's, that's Hashem's way of running things. As much as it's not an excuse for someone else, uh, it's always important to remember that nobody could cause you any pain without Hashem causing it. Which happens to give chizik sometimes, but even if not, that's the truth. Um... Another thing that I think is very important to mention, just in general before giving any kind of understanding or advice, is that there's no excuse to hurting someone. Uh, lately I talk, to this, I, talk, I talk to people about this uh, frequently. You'll often hear a story where somebody hurt someone's feelings, whether, whether explicitly, or somebody... Uh, you hear crazy stories sometimes, you know? This one, this one threw the other one out of a uh, shield. This one uh, screamed at somebody in the street. This one... Uh, you, know, you hear crazy things. Somebody hit someone. And very often when the story is repeated, people don't even realize how it sounds when they say, <laughs> you know why? Uh, it, didn't, it didn't just go like that. You know? It didn't just go like that. Now obviously if the story goes that somebody, somebody hit someone and you hear the story, well, well, he was being hit so he just had to defend himself, that would be a little different you know, in the moment. But very often that's not how it goes. Yeah, Yankel threw stones and broke the other guy's window. You heard? Yeah, you know, it's so long already that he's... You, you're going you're gonna to justify that? You kidding me? Seriously, this is—you hear things that are so out of bounds and so incorrect, and people and people go ahead and, and when you put it into a story, it starts making sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I hear these things all the time. You hear this woman locked her husband out of the house. <laughs> you know why? Because you know why? No, no. That—that's out of bounds. That's not a reaction to anything. If she locked him out of the house because because he was coming with a gun, then you call police. Then, then that's something else. But most often, the justification goes, "Yeah, because you don't understand. He does this. He says that." You're trying to justify something that's 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 not that doesn't make sense. It's out of bounds. There are things that are in bounds, and they could also be incorrect. You know, where somebody's in a bad mood and sulking and not having a nice conversation with you, and then there's something where somebody either gets physical or violent or crazy, or that, and people explain these things. People justify them. I think it's just so important sometimes to call a spade a spade and say, no, no, this is not acceptable. If somebody does that, there's something wrong with them. And even if they did a reaction to something, it doesn't mean the other person wasn't wrong. It's still unexplainable. It's not justifiable. It's very... I don't know why people, people sometimes make the mistake of, of assuming that you know, if, it's, if it's a reaction to this, then it's okay. It's, it's not okay. There are things that are not okay. And we have to remember as Eden not to be, you know, not to be impressed by, you know, by some kind of story and justification which, which is coming up to justify something that's that's totally not okay. We have a Torah, we have mitzvahs, we have, we have a way Yiddish can behave. And if somebody's doing something other than, you know, against those rules, then they're already wrong. The fact that somebody else could be wrong as well, you know, we all learned that in Chayda already. Two wrongs don't make a right. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, I'm just saying it because if somebody's hurting someone or causing them pain intentionally, and it's coming with an excuse about, you know why I did it, it doesn't matter why you did something. 
That's just first of all. Now, let me just try to give some perspective over here because you're writing to me to try to understand what's going on, I think. First of all, there's a general perspective issue with Tamazai. It's always important to understand. In every given situation, I talk about this often, there's different perspectives. Perspectives and opinions and, and things like that, it's all, it's all up for grabs. I think America is the best place to live and you think that London is the best place to live. Fafal, there's nothing to do about it. I can prove my point from today till tomorrow. You can prove yours from today till tomorrow. It's important to understand that in general, it's okay to have more than one perspective or opinion about a situation. And so often when it comes to right and wrong, that's often what it is. I think this is right, you think that's right. Okay? I think it's right for a husband to say this, you think it's right for a wife to say that, and now we can fight about who's right or wrong forever. And it's important for both of us to acknowledge that there's more than one way to see it. That's okay. But then there's another thing. And this is often where it comes to conflict and, and, and fighting and, and things like that. There's an emotional perspective. There's the way people feel. You could, you could be right for feeling or wrong for feeling, but feeling is emotional. So many things that people think and express and, and are passionate about, it's emotional. It's based on how someone feels. The fact that someone else doesn't feel that way means that they'll never get why someone else has, has a certain way of seeing something. And you won't be able to disprove that because there's no logic behind it at all. When it comes to opinions that are logic-based, sometimes you, you could debate about it until somebody sees the other person's perspective. Sometimes they might never, because we disagree uh, fundamentally about a certain idea. But when it's, a, when it's an emotional thing, and I think that this guy is a mean guy. You know why I think so? Because that guy did something to my brother. And I'm emotionally involved, so my opinion is not anymore a logic-based opinion. You can't prove to me that he's nice, because my emotions are hijacking my logic and telling me a, a certain way of, of seeing something. It's a whole different story now. You could, you, could, you could talk to the wall, you could be right from today till tomorrow. Everyone could agree with you, and I just, I just may never see it because my emotions are, are dictating how I should see something. My perspective is totally emotional. So you ask me, is this friend jealous? Uh, why would she do such a thing? Why would she misinterpret? I don't know. Could be she's jealous, could be she's insecure, could be she's just very sensitive, could be, she's, could be she was so pained that she came to her conclusions. It doesn't matter. It, it, it's normal. That's what happens. In general, you know, people... I talk to Hassanam sometimes, or Bukhram even, and sometimes he, before Hassan, he talked talk to a boy about, you know, you have to understand, you get married, and sometimes the man, the woman, the husband, the wife, you fight around, right? And some, especially the ones who grew up in a healthy home and didn't see fighting, like, oh, come on, you think I'm going to get stuck on that? It, it looks so irrational or immature even. You're talking about a boy in yeshiva who doesn't fight with anyone, gets along with everyone, he never hurt anyone, never saw anyone upset at him, he, he's trying to figure out, like, are you kidding me? That... that that's what I'm expecting when I'm 35. When I'm 18, I'm getting along with people. All of a sudden, you know, half a year goes by and something's not right. What is it? How does it make sense? I'll never forget, I was a boy. I may have told this in the past. I was a boy. And I went somewhere for Shabbos. And I was down in a certain, in a certain shtibl. And I remember by Shalshidas, um, the Gabba was mechabed somebody to sing a certain tune. And instead of singing it, he said the nigging. Instead of singing it, something, something that in my kinderish oigen, as immature and young as I was then, I, it looked to me like so silly. And after davening, I remember after Marev, after Shoshid, after Marev, it's like a whole tumult in Shul. This guy in the shtibol said he did the right thing, this one said he did the wrong thing, this one was upset, this one was sticking up for the gabba, this one was sticking up for it, it turned into a federal case. You no, know, nothing terrible, nobody was, nobody was getting physical, but, but it was like a whole tumult. And I remember telling the person I was staying by for Shabbos, I said, this is, these, guys are, these guys are 25 years old, 35 years old, I don't remember what it was, that's they really they, they really they, this is what they, this is what people fight about at this age. As a child, I remember I remember seeing it as something so trivial that I could. Now maybe if I would see it in Cheder, I would understand. You know, in Cheder, you know, kids fight around, but to see in Galat fathers fight around like this. Now I'm a little older than twenty five, 
And yeah, I'm not surprised when I see these things. I'm a little smarter also, but I'm, I'm older, which means that even if I wouldn't understand it, I've seen it so many times. Conflict in general, and the way people get passionate and start fighting about things and, and, and start getting hurt and start hurting back, the thing, it doesn't make any sense. If it would make sense, that's where maturity and intelligence and, and things like that would, would come to play and, and, and you know, dictate that. It, it's usually, uh, almost never, um, logical, rational, and, and, and uh, you know, the right thing to do and the, right, and the thing that makes sense to fight. Why are you fighting? Don't fight. Resolve it. The terror is that this is an emotional response that people have. So when I'm hurt and I'm emotionally challenged, and it dictates in my mind that it's important for me to now stick up for myself and to say something and to get that person to see it that way. And I guess I'm going to be, I'm going to be helping people. I'm going to be preventing it from happening again. And it's wrong and it's right. And it's a whole new story. So if you're trying to understand why your friend did something, which made no sense, sometimes it's important to just step back and say, maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe I'll never get it to see it my way. Very many people have problems with that. And sometimes you just have to deal with it. This is what it is. So many parents have children, some, the, the often adult children, who are upset at them or see that they parented them wrong. And I heard this recently from a Rebbe, where the Talmud, the Talmud was sure that his Rebbe hated him and he made a whole federal case about it. Now, in the adult's eyes or the parent's eyes, whoever it is, I, I hate you? You know what I did for you? You know what I did? It makes no sense. Now, it could be sometimes they're right, it could be sometimes they're wrong, but it doesn't matter. Everyone thinks they're right. The fact that you're right doesn't mean you can get someone to see something a certain way. If the way they see it is emotionally driven and it's based on how they feel, sometimes you just have to work with it and say, you know what? I'm sorry. You're, and you don't have to say the words you're right, but, but I'm sorry. There's nothing else you could say if you want to make things work, go further because there's not necessarily something you could do or say that's going to explain something to someone as true and right and correct and logical as it is if they're feeling differently about it. And that's how emotions work. They don't make sense. This is the part that many people can't handle. Um, you, know, you, you can't necessarily crawl into someone's head and put something there. As a matter of fact, the more irrational, the more illogical their perspective is, the less the chances are that you'll be able to change it. Because essentially, seemingly there's some resistance uh, to why they're not seeing it the right way, and whatever didn't work the first time might not work the second time or the third time. Right? You have to explain these things. Often I help people understand that. Like, you, you can explain this? Isn't it obvious? Yeah, it is obvious. That's why I'm wondering. Well, if it's obvious, then why are you trying to explain it? <laughs> if the person didn't get it when it's obvious, they're probably not going exp- to get it after you explain it either. So that's something to... Uh, you know, just last week I was talking to a man who saw his wife's ups and downs and all her, uh, without getting too detailed, but she's definitely having breakdowns here and there over certain situations and physical symptoms when certain things are happening. And to him, it's so obvious why this is happening. You know, she's stressed about that. She can't handle this. And that's why this is happening. Isn't it obvious? Why is she even thinking that it's something else I could explain to her and prove to her? And the answer is you can't explain and prove these things. They're emotional. And the way she sees it, and the way she wants to see it, the way she's interpreting it, the way she's convincing herself is that the problem is this. And as much as you're going to try to prove that the problem is that, you're just going to get into a fight about it. Sometimes you have to deal with the way someone sees something. You have to accept it as wrong as it is, because you can't change it. It's one of the things about accepting the things you can't change. Anyway, now once you, once you accept that you might not be able to change how someone sees something, now you could decide how to deal with it. Now the first thing about dealing with it, without contradicting anything I said until now, is the Rambam, the Halucha, the Chayach, one of the ways to give someone misery when they hurt you, one of the ways to, the way the Ramam explains the mitzvah actually, of a is not when you see somebody uh, doing something bad and, you, and you're going to give them misery, it's when somebody hurts you. Well, you shouldn't keep it inside. You should tell them they hurt you. You're supposed to tell someone, you hurt me. You may not have noticed, that's why I'm telling it to you, because I don't know if you know. I'm not going to keep it inside and I'll tell you that I was hurt by something. And until you do that, you don't have the right to be upset because you didn't tell that person 
that you were hurt or that they did something that was hurtful. So that's, it's very important. Um, however, there's, there's, there's a way to do it. And sometimes, well, first we have to know what to expect. Telling someone that they hurt you doesn't necessarily mean they're going to come now and say, I'm sorry. It means that you did yours and you expressed yourself and you communicated. And that you have to do the right way. And very often, it, it turns out like situations like this, like this one, which is a good example of it. When somebody hurts you, it's usually not for nothing. It doesn't mean you deserved it. It doesn't mean they're right about it. It doesn't mean that you did something that... But it means that there's a reason why it happened. And very often, the reason why it happened is something that you could talk about and use in your communication when you talk about how hurt you are. So if you could, if you could be vulnerable and start by understanding that person and asking forgiveness from that person... You know, for what it is that that person thinks that you owe them forgiveness about, as wrong as it is, it's the first step in, in making a connection and a communication that might work and resolve something. I understand that repeating a comment to somebody about you was very wrong and very hurtful. I apologize. That's it. If you can do that, you're a winner. And if you can't do that, that, that's where people get stuck. Now, you don't have to say that I did the wrong thing. You don't have to say I was trying to hurt you and that's why I'm apologizing. On the contrary, you could say that it, it, there was no bad intention, etc., etc., but... But it's important to know how to. It's important to know how to how to come across vulnerable and explain that you may have done the wrong thing. Now, th- there's another point that some people um, confuse, and that's should I should I justify myself or not? Should I say that really I did nothing wrong, and then the person might see it as you're not uh, really asking forgiveness, or should I say it, or, or should I just say that yeah I did something terrible, and that person might see it as I'm a bad person and I'm not. I didn't do anything wrong. Now. One of, the, one of the ways to, to resolve this little piece over here is to know how to explain without justifying. It's fine to say, I, I, I probably did the wrong thing by talking to that friend about you and not being careful how I said something. I was trying to be careful to make sure that I didn't imply X, Y, Z. It could be it came out wrong. You're allowed to explain yourself. You're allowed to explain how you saw it or why you felt it was okay and add that I might be wrong. Instead of saying, no, I was right about it and that makes someone else uneasy about accepting an apology or even thinking that you're, that you're sincere about, about your apology. So once you know how to come across to somebody and show that you understand them and that, may, and that maybe you did the wrong thing even though you did not mean it but it is possible and you want them to forgive you, you could add, not but, and I was also very hurt by, by the comment you, you, you said, you wrote, etc. And um, I was very hurt by it. And the same thing again. You want to again justify the other person this time. I don't think you meant to hurt me. And it could be I took it wrong. You want to use those bumpers to be able to express, and I was very hurt. You could even add, you know, if you could apologize about it, it would mean a lot to me. If not, just understanding me you know, also means a lot. And very often, uh, once you do that, you know, regardless of if you get an apology or not, the fact that you're able to express yourself in a healthy way without having someone else get defensive or intimidated by your message, it's a whole different story. And if the person does apologize, even if it's just a plain, I'm sorry, or just a sorry, or just, okay, if you want, accept it and say thank you. Instead of saying, instead of you know, getting upset that it didn't come out the right way. And the reason why you know, so often people are so into being right, and so, so often into, into explaining themselves, and so often into making sure the other person really gets it, and that's where we get stuck, the other person might never get it. And it's not only with friends, it's not only with, the, it could be with your spouse, it could be with your kids, it could be with your siblings. This is how it is. We have to understand that I might not be able to change how someone sees it. I could communicate them in a way with them in a way that makes it the easiest for them to come forward and understand me, and that's what I do. Avoid being right. Avoid, you know, pointing out that it's not a way to talk to me and things like that, and, and, and saying how wrong they are, and walk away with the schar of uh, you know being a shalom and saying Hashem, 
trying mind to you know to, to not to not stick in a machloikas and not stick in a fight that I didn't cause and I'm not wrong about. Now let me just add a few points over here about moving on. Okay, you said that you were in bed for a few days and that you're very pained by it. It's a few months later, and for whatever reason, this really hurt. It's important to understand there's, there's the personal and there's the interpersonal. You're pained by something someone said, or the fact that you lost money and nobody said, and it's only Hashem. Or you're pained by something, by, by anything, whatever it may be in your life. It's important to know how to deal with pain. It's important to, if you think that the way to deal with pain is by having the other person come and ask you forgiveness, then it turns into a whole relationship issue here. It's often not the right thing to do. Some people don't want to resolve pain if somebody else causes it. I have to take care of my own pain. Let that person... You don't have to. I was, I was discussing this question with some, this letter with someone who was coming from a 12-step program. He's like, okay, step four, step five. You know, there's different ways to deal with pain. But not always is it getting the other person to come make you feel better. I, I mentioned once in a while about EFT, emotional freedom um, technique. There's different therapies you can do to, to release pain. And it's important for you to know how to do that because not always are the people around you going to be so nice. And this world is somewhat of a hostile place. And although I have no idea uh, if, if you're taking this wrong, or your friend actually did something wrong, it doesn't make any difference. But sometimes you can be dealing with painful things in life. And it's important for people to have tools just to make themselves feel better. Nothing to do with the other person. And, and pain doesn't always have to you know, come with other people. The fact that you're talking about maybe avoiding this friend and not having contact with her, like, like all these things, when you let it linger... It just gets bigger and bigger. Last week I was talking to somebody who was, you know, the relationship was stale, a co-worker, uh, stale, and then all of a sudden it got even worse and all that. And now we're not talking, and now it's a whole thing and everyone's involved. That's what happens when you let these things linger. You'll be a winner when you, you know, when you, when you get by and you, you, you'll feel relieved when you make that connection and start communicating again like a mensch. Now I hope none of this sounds like, like you should be letting yourself get abused and that next time somebody does something hurtful you just make believe it didn't happen. Sometimes you'll be in a relationship with somebody who's very abusive and very hurtful and you don't have to be there. Sometimes you, you could just step down and walk away and not, and not be in a situation or a place or an environment or whatever it is where someone's abusing you. Sometimes you communicate nicely about it and say, listen, this is very hurtful to me. I understand you probably don't mean anything bad but if it keeps on happening, it's going to be hard for me you know, to have a relationship with you. Now again, this is, obviously has to be applied correctly in each relationship the right way. But with, you could avoid a fight and still not let yourself get hurt. My point wasn't to allow yourself to get hurt. It's to know how to deal with hurt feelings, to know how to deal with somebody else seeing a situation very differently than you do and just dealing with it the right way and communicating in the best way that could resolve these things. So I do believe that this is relevant in every relationship. I will mention, just because I can't leave it out, the idea of siyag l'chach You know, By the time you're telling friend B and friend B is telling friend C, you know, everybody had some part in, in this. Now I know uh, women are interjenting a lot and, and sometimes it's, it's normal. Um, there's a quote from Square Rebzhan Ruch, he said, Finish red and the like manish. From not saying something, you never lose out. You can always push it off, you know. So again, sometimes that could be applied as well. From what you're saying, it doesn't sound like you did anything wrong. I'm just mentioning that sometimes this is the extra words and the extra plapple that, you know, shows you felt it. It wasn't necessary. Uh, but aside from that, I, I hope that uh, I, I covered the points. So just to summarize, like I try doing lately, there's a lot to learn from hearing a story like this where somebody said something and somebody carried a message, somebody was hurting someone else's feelings and hearing the back end of the story, how somebody was so pained by it, there's a lot to learn from that. It's important to understand that you may never get someone else to see things the way you do and that's something you have to um, just accept if you want to. Uh, there's a way to deal with it and communicate about it nicely, vulnerably and clearly. And yeah, moving on from these things is, is always uh, the right thing to do and not, not getting stuck on it. So I think that, you know, we have to remember, like we started off, there's always something to learn from the Torah. So when we see how careful we have to be 
that even when it's a malach coming to tell us to hurt someone. And we don't do that, unless we're hearing it from Hashem Himself, which we usually don't hear. And we're very careful with other people's feelings, and what we say, and what we do, and what we write, and what we chat, and what we text, and what we whatever else. I believe this will help us live together with the people around us. Bahava Ahvashulim Varayas.